couple weeks ago, we started a series called Miracle Moments, which is a study of the life of Jesus and the miracle moments that he had in his life. Now, one of the things that I find quite challenging as a Christian is whenever you read the Bible and you read history and you read the stories is to make application of those stories into your life personally. How many of you know that the Lord didn't give us the Bible to to make us smart? He gave us the Bible to transform us. Amen. He didn't want to just inform us. He wanted to transform us. He didn't want us just to be knowledgeable. He wanted us to be changed by the word of God. Amen. And with every miracle that God, uh, that, that the Lord used Jesus to do as we read about it, it's meant to just uh, to fire us up. To encourage us. Amen. Listen, you won't get a lot of good news on CNN, but you're going to get a lot of good news when you read your Bible. Amen. And so I encourage you, read your Bible more than you watch CNN, and it'll help you out in your life. That's free. I'm not even going to charge for that tidbit right there. But uh, how many of you know that's true? Amen. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you... um in, in week one, when we said, what is it that you want God to do for you? How many of you have a miracle that you would like God to do for you? Let me, let me see your hands. And you believe, I've been, I've been believing God for a certain miracle in my life. And I'm seeing the water begin to shake right now. How many of you believe in God? Now, how many of you have not? And you say, Todd, I didn't listen. And I'm not, I'm not believing God for any miracle, but I want to get right with God this morning and believe God for a miracle. How many of you have at least one area of your life that you would like God to do a miracle in? Amen. I want to take a minute right now and I want you to stand with me one more time. This is going to be like a Catholic mass. We're going to kneel in just a little bit. But I want you to just close your eyes with me. And I want you, if the Lord came to you and said, what do you want me to do for you? What kind of miracle would you like for me to do for you? I want you to just think about it for a moment. And I want you to just think about what that is. And I want you to just not think about it. I want you to just close your eyes. And and, and sometimes we just, you know, we, we have... Uh, the Bible says that the righteous shall live by faith. Whenever you're believing God for a miracle in your life, that's faith. You're standing in faith. You're positioning yourself in faith. And so let's believe God right now. Now, listen, some of you, as, as you're thinking about that, you say, man, I'm, I'm maybe a little discouraged with miracles. I want you to just, if you need a miracle to go on in your mind and your heart and your spirit, where, where all of a sudden you can just start trusting God again, just bring that to God right now and just say, Lord, I need you to do something in me this morning. Now let's pray together and let's ask God to release his healing power, his delivering power, his miraculous power. Listen, I have faith for you this morning that God is not satisfied with where you are. He's got a higher level for you. He's got a greater blessing for you. He's got more in store for you. And I'm believing that with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everybody that is here today, that is believing you, that is trusting you for a miracle in their life. Lord, you are a miracle working God. You parted the Red Sea. You moved mountains, Lord. You shut the mouths of lions. Lord, you took a nobody and made them a somebody. Lord God, you took, Lord, those that were blind and caused them to see. Lord, you caused the lame to walk, the dead to be raised. There is nothing that you can't do. And so this morning, I join my faith with theirs, and I'm believing for something miraculous to happen in this church and for miracles to take place, Lord, that where no man can 
can get credit, that no man can take credit for what has happened, but all the glory and honor will belong to you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer, answering our prayer, and releasing a miracle over this house today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. You could be seated. Amen. Well, this morning as we... um uh, as we're going to continue in our miracle moments, uh, how many of you enjoyed Pastor Rob's testimony last Sunday? You know, somebody said, well, man, I wish he'd preach again. Well, you know, he paid a high price for that sermon. And, and I'm not sure he wants to go pay that price again so you can have another great sermon like that. I think he just let me preach this Sunday. Amen. But Pastor Rob, thank you. Michelle, thank you so much. I know it was a great battle that you guys walked through. But God is good. Amen. And, uh, and, 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 you know, the power of prayer, right? And so, uh, you know, you guys didn't know all was going on, but we prayed every Sunday, prayed every Sunday and, uh, and believed with them. And as you heard last Sunday, God was on the move. Amen. And I believe God is on the move in your life. Oh, I feel the preach on me this morning. I believe that there's miracles in this place this morning. I believe that, how many of you believe that God is still opening blind eyes? How many of you believe he's still shrinking tumors? Amen. Come on, I believe that God is wanting to do something supernatural in this house. And there's a great expectation in my spirit that something miraculous is about to break out in somebody's life, even this morning. Amen. 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 This morning, I want to talk to you about the miracle ingredient. How many of you want a miracle and, and want God to do something supernatural? Well, I believe he does too. Amen. And so we're going to talk about the miracle ingredient. Remember when the blind Bartimaeus came to Jesus and, 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 uh, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, Rabbi, I want to see. I want to see. And so sometimes, you know, we, we, uh, we need a miracle. We want a miracle and we need to identify that miracle. So whenever that, that, that situation changes, we're going to make sure not give the government credit, not to give our employer credit, not a friend or a family member the credit, but we're going to be sure to give God the credit. Amen. Come on. He wants the credit, right? And that's how he spreads his fame and his name. And that's how his, his kingdom keeps getting built over and over again. Amen. And so you might need a financial miracle, relational miracle, an emotional miracle. I don't know what kind of miracle that you have today, but I want to encourage you and, and just talk to you about the miracle ingredient that you need to receive a miracle. And it's in Mark chapter 5. If you have your notes or your Bible or your iPhone or whatever it is, you could turn with me there. And the, in, in Mark chapter 5, Jesus teaches the miracle ingredient in verse 24. He, Jesus went with them and all the people followed, crowding around him. And a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and she touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, 
Look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and told him what she had done. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Now, that's a great story. Amen. It's a great story of a miracle moment in the life of Jesus, where Jesus heals this lady who had been hemorrhaging or who had been bleeding for 12 years. It's like she was on her menstrual period for 12 years. And did you catch the miracle ingredient in that story? If you didn't, I want to point it out to you. It's in verse 34. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. You know, there's something about faith that releases God's provisions in your life. In fact, you know, the very thing that Jesus has a biggest problem with is people that doubt him or have unbelief. And so he doesn't like that. And so it limits him and his ability. Remember when he went to his hometown and he couldn't do much there. It's not because he didn't have the ability. It's because of the crowd he was preaching to. They didn't believe that he had the ability to do it because he was just Joseph's son, right? And so we need to have faith if we want to experience a miracle. Amen. And so faith is the miracle ingredient. And so let me tell you why. Why is faith so important? Faith allows you to look past the obstacles that keep you from your miracle. You know, a lot of times we don't believe in miracles. We don't believe that God will give us a miracle because of what we see. Like Pastor Rob talked about last Sunday, the winds and the waves, right? And so sometimes it's all the mental and natural obstacles that are in our minds that keep us from receiving a miracle. And and so like those we read about in the scriptures, like Abraham and Sarah, though they were they thought they were too old to have a baby. Right. Moses, he didn't believe God could use him. He didn't know how to talk. Right. And so Gideon, you know, Gideon said, I'm not usable, Lord. You're going to have to use somebody else because, you know, I'm from that that menial family and I'm just the least in my family. And so in his mind, he didn't believe God could use him and do a miracle in his life. And then you think about the disciples. The disciples couldn't get past the winds and the waves. The obstacles kept them from getting through the storm, right? And so Jesus had to take charge of that situation. And so sometimes it's our, it's our real life, natural, normal obstacles that get in our way. But listen, it's our faith that allows us to look past our obstacles and look at the hope on the other side. Amen. And so right now you might be sitting in the midst of obstacles and say, Todd, you're talking about miracles, man. You don't know where I'm living. And you're looking at the obstacles. And what I want you to see is that your faith is going to get you past those obstacles and get you out of that stuck place that you're in. I need a better amen right there. Now think about these obstacles that this little lady faced. She had to work past the obstacles of years of disappointment. She didn't just pray this little prayer one day and say, Lord, would you heal me? And that was over. No, what does the Bible say? In Mark 25, 25, she had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. Never, not constant. She didn't have a, a one day off. Verse 26, she had suffered a great deal from many doctors and over the years had spent 
everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. Now listen, if there's one thing that I'll, that'll make me struggle to, to believe for a miracle is when things don't get better and things get worse. Come on, how many of you know, do you think she had reason, this little lady had reason to quit and to give up? Yeah, you better believe she did, right? I mean, 12 years of suffering, spending all her money, things not getting better. She had all the reason in the world to give up. But saints, did she give up? No, she didn't give up. You see, that, that's enough to get anyone to give up and lose hope, but she never gave up. And so can anyone relate to this, to this story? Have you ever believed God to do something in your life and you prayed for a year, two years, three years, and maybe it's 20 years and you didn't see the miracle and you want to just give up? Come on. Anybody can relate to that? And so listen, disappointment after disappointment, that's what she was facing. But the reality is, Years of disappointment and discouragement can knock the wind of faith right out of you, and you could quit believing and quit expecting for God to do something. But can I encourage you today? Come on, let's get past those obstacles today, and let's just engage our faith and believe for something supernatural. Amen? I want to encourage you this morning. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not grow weary in well-doing, for we shall reap if we faint not. Come on, we can't give up. We can't quit believing. Amen. And we got to just expect that God is up to something and he's going to do something miraculous in your life. If you receive that, say, I receive it this morning. Amen. Faith also had to work, or she also had to work through the obstacle of unworthiness. You ever felt unworthy and undeserving of a miracle? I mean, this little lady, remember this lady was hemorrhaging, which means she was bleeding. It was an incurable disease or incurable problem that she had. And so, you know, in, in the Levitical law, the scripture said that if you were bleeding, you were considered unclean. Now, if you were considered unclean, what that meant was, according to the Levitical law, she wasn't supposed to be in any crowd, touch anyone, touch anything, or even go to the synagogue, even go to church. Everyone and everything she touched became ceremonially unclean. So if she accidentally ran into you, you became unclean, and you had to go through the ritual of becoming clean. She was like a leper. She was isolated, ostracized by the entire community. And so this lady was dealing with this that day that she went to Jesus and received her miracle. Put yourself in her shoes for a moment. No doubt that this lady had to deal with a deep sense of rejection, a deep sense of unworthiness, undeserving of God to do anything in her life. And you know what I found is that if you want to receive a miracle, you got to believe that God loves you and that he wants to give you a miracle. Amen? And so have you ever felt unworthy or undeserving of a miracle in your life? I don't know about you, but I have. Sometimes from minute to minute, from day to day. I mean, you know, whenever you, you know, that that road rage wants to get on you, all of a sudden you don't feel like you're in God's favor anymore. Come on, y'all help me preach this morning. But you see, unworthiness makes you feel like an outcast and undeserving of God to give you a miracle. You know, after I became a Christian, you know, I mentioned this the first week, I was believing God 
uh, for a godly wife, for a miracle of a godly wife, you know. But you know what? Honestly, I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel deserving of a godly wife. The enemy was sitting on my shoulder every day saying, why would God give you a godly wife? Look at the heathen that you've been. And I'm telling you, listen, I forget a lot of stuff, but the enemy wants to make sure that I remember a lot of stuff. And the enemy will want you to remember a lot of stuff. Amen. And so every day I would try to say, Lord, I'm believing you for a miracle. And I had a, a, a voice that was saying, no, you are not deserving of a miracle. Come on. Why would God want to bless you with a, with a godly wife? And so after I became a Christian, I realized that, listen, it's not my righteousness. It's his righteousness. Amen. You know, after I became a Christian, I was believing God for his favor and his blessing on my life. And every time I would just believe God for something, just listen, if God could take a shepherd boy and make him a king, hey, he can take a little fellow from Erath, Louisiana. It don't matter what side of the tracks he lives, where he comes from, where he's been, what he's been through. It doesn't matter. If God can take a shepherd boy and make him a king, then he can take me. He can take, if he can take a little bit of fish and a little bit of, of, of bread and he can bless it and it can become a lot. If he can take water and make it wine, well, he could take a little Menard from Erath and make something out of them. And listen, it don't matter where you've been or what you've been through. If God can take anybody and make us somebody, he can take you and give you a miracle in your life. Amen. Yes, he can. Sometimes our feelings of unworthiness and feelings of undeserving become a huge obstacle that can keep us from receiving a miracle from God. Amen. But now listen, the miracle ingredient of faith, it what allows you to get past that disappointment and past that unworthiness. It's our faith that allows us to trust in his righteousness and not our righteousness. It's our faith that allows us to believe for the unbelievable. Amen. And so we got to get past that, right? The second reason faith is a miracle ingredient is because faith allows you to possess heavenly resources in the invisible realm. Now, there is a direct relationship between being able to see into the invisible realm and receiving a miracle from God. Listen, if you can buy it at Walmart, you don't need a miracle. A miracle is whenever you can't solve your problem is whenever nobody can help you. You've run out of resources. You've spent all you had. That's when you need a miracle, amen? And so the the faith allows you to see in the invisible realm, which is where miracles come from, amen? And so obviously this lady was able to see the heavenly resources in the invisible realm. Look at verse 27. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd, and she touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Now this lady was seeing through the eyes of faith into the spirit realm. And so what does our faith help? Or why does our faith help us possess the invisible realm? Let's unpack that for a little bit. First of all, faith allows you to see beyond the limitations of the natural realm. When it comes to possibilities of provision from God, the natural realm is limited, right? But the the resources of God are unlimited. And so if we're looking in the natural realm, we can only go so far. But if we look into the spirit realm, we can go beyond the natural. 
You see, if I just looked at the natural and say, yeah, that makes sense. God would not want to bless me with a godly wife since I've been a heathen for so many years. That's the natural, right? But God doesn't operate in the natural. Amen. God operates in the supernatural, right? And so God is able to take you where you are and bring you where you never thought you'd go because his resources are unlimited. Amen. How many of you believe that this morning? When this lady heard about Jesus Something happened to her. Something came up. She heard about Jesus healing many people. She heard about how Jesus had healed a demon-possessed man. She started hearing these testimonies of what Jesus did. And all of a sudden, something began to happen. And so although she was broke, disappointed, sick, discouraged, something happened to her, and she began to change on the inside. Now, what I've noticed is what before things happen on the outside, things begin to change on the inside. Amen? You got to see it before you receive it. Amen? And so this little lady was having a transformation, and she began to see beyond the natural realm into the spiritual realm. She gave up on the doctors. She gave up on the on the resources of, of the natural realm, and she's heard about Jesus. Jesus doing these miracles, and she thought, man, I think I'm about to get the miracle. In Hebrews 12, 2, it says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Listen, when your faith begins to increase, your focus shifts from the natural circumstances to the heavenly resources. Amen? Now, I found that whenever I'm needing God to give me a breakthrough or do something, the more I talk about the natural resources, the more I talk about the natural obstacles, the more I focus on what's what I can see, touch, feel, and smell, the less my faith increases. But whenever I take my eyes off of my, my circumstances and I begin to put them on Jesus, something begins to happen on the inside of me. And the natural things that seem as big as a giant all of a sudden start shrinking in my faith. And all of a sudden, God begins to grow larger and larger in that circumstance. And I'm ready to go bear hunting with a switch. Amen. Come on. Are y'all with me out there? And so listen, it's through the spiritual eyes of faith that you begin to see the supernatural resources of heaven. And so I think, listen, sometimes we just pay attention to too much around us and not enough on our king. And I think the more that we fix our eyes on Jesus, the more our faith is going to grow and we are in our in position to receive a miracle from God. Amen. You know, I know you've heard this story. Pardon me if you've heard it 10 times, 15 times, but I'm going to tell it again. Amen. But listen, when the doctors, whenever Tanya and I got married and we couldn't have a child and the doctors told us medically speaking, you can't have any children. I was so disappointed and discouraged and depressed. Amen. But what helped me to get past that was shifting my focus from the natural circumstances to the spirit realm, to the supernatural provisions of the cross. How many of you know there's great provisions in the cross of Christ? Amen. And so one day I was praying in our living room. And I just begin to pray and ask God, Lord, I know what the doctor just told me. I know what the doctor is saying. But all of a sudden, I begin to visualize. I thought, you know what? It doesn't matter what's wrong with my body. It doesn't matter what the doctor
doctor said is wrong with me not being able to have kids. I believe that Jesus is able to give me what I need to, if he can get Abraham and Sarah to have a child in their nineties, I'm not 90 yet. So if he can get them to have a child, Lord, you can help me to have a child. And so I begin to just focus on the supernatural and I begin to think about one of the great provisions of the cross in Isaiah 53 and five. It says he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds, we are healed. Amen. I begin to think about that promise and I begin to think about Jesus nailed to that cross. And the Bible says when he got nailed to that cross, when he got whipped, he took stripes on his back for every sickness, every disease, every infirmity. He disarmed the powers of darkness. And it doesn't matter whether something I did or the way that I wrecked my body years before was the reason why I couldn't have any babies. It doesn't matter. The provisions of the cross were still there. And I believe that even though I made some bad decisions, even though I made some bad moves, I believe that God was able to redeem what I've lost, what the canker worm has stolen. I believe that the cross was sufficient to provide for me a miracle. Amen. And as I was praying and believing that, all of a sudden my eyes lifted up. I looked in the entertainment center and there was a plaque one of the youth had given us when we were youth pastoring. And this is a verse. It still means a lot to me today. With Matthew 19, 26. With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Now, come on, let's talk about it. With God, all things are possible. Listen, with man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So what are you asking for? Where are you stuck? Where are you believing God? Can you say that today? With man, it's impossible. But with God, come on, with God. Come on, with God. Come on, listen. God can take a river that's flowing this way, make it flow that way. Amen. Come on. God can take somebody that's so deep that you can't find them anymore, but the Lord can find them and pull them out and put them on top of the world. Amen. There's nothing God can't do. There's no limitations in God. Come on. We serve a big God, so we need to quit worshiping a little God. Come on. He's not a little God. It's not a little G. It's a capital G. He's the God. He is the King. He is the Lord. He is the Master. He is the Supreme One, and He's on your side. And I'm telling you, it may look like in the natural that it's impossible, but I want you to know in the Spirit that nothing is impossible. You might think I'm crazy this morning. Like, I'm just on a rant, but I'm believing in my heart today that there are miracles in this house, and I'm believing that God wants to give you a miracle. Question is, do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Come on, do you believe God? Come on, do you believe? Come on, at some point in time, you got to stand up out of unbelief. You got to stand up out of doubt and say, I'm not looking at my circumstances anymore. I'm believing God for a miracle. Amen. Amen. Come on. Amen. The second reason our faith allows us to possess heavenly resources because it allows us to be infused with hope and believe that things are getting better. You know, that little lady, it's a powerful statement in verse 28. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. If I can just touch his robe. When that lady made that statement, was she healed? She wasn't healed in the natural yet. She said, if I touch his robe, I will be healed. But was she hopeful? Yes, she was. 
We know we, she, she wasn't healed because it happened a little bit later. But yet she sees something on the inside of her. Her faith allowed her to be hopeful and see her circumstances changing. Come on, sometimes, listen, you got to see those things as though they are, not as they, or as they could be, not as they are. Amen? We got to walk by faith and not by sight as the present circumstances, right? And so she went from feeling hopeless and discouraged to being hopeful and encouraged, and she began to see herself healed before she was healed. Before she was healed. You know, sometimes we just got to see that miracle, and we got to just start seeing it happening before it happens. We got to start acting like it's done already. Amen? Come on, we can't wait to say, well, God, if you give me a miracle, then I'm going to worship. You know, we got to just worship him. Amen. Come on. We just got to go ahead and worship him. In, in verse 34, and he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. The miracle ingredient of faith allows you to actually change your circumstances. Do you all believe this this morning? You know, I felt like the Lord spoke to me on the first Sunday we began this series. In Acts 16, 5, it says, if, if your faith will increase and, and the church will be strengthened. And if there's anything I want to increase, I want to hopefully strengthen your faith. You know what I find? Faith is the victory. Faith is what makes me overcome. As long as I'm believing God and trusting in God, I'm okay. It's whenever I think God can't do it. It's whenever I think my problems are greater. That's when I start sinking. Amen? And so, come on, we want to walk on water this morning, and we don't want to go down to the bottom of the sea. Amen? Come on, we want to keep on keeping on. Amen? Now, the third reason faith is a miracle ingredient is because faith allows you to receive more than you ever thought possible. You know, listen, it's one thing to ask God to do a miracle, but whenever that miracle is attached to another miracle and another miracle, like Pastor Rob was talking about, miracle after miracle after miracle, right? But listen, this lady wanted Jesus to heal her physically, right? But you know what? That's not all she got. I think there were other miracles that happened to that little lady that day. And I just want to just point them out to you. In verse 30, it says, Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So, so he turned around in the crowd and he asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. You can, and how can you ask who touched me? But she, or he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then he, the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and told him what she had done. Now, I think this lady, when she came to him and told him what she had done, I think she, she, she came clean. And I think she came to Jesus and said, Jesus, I'm not supposed to be here. I've been bleeding. I didn't tell you I was bleeding, but I've been bleeding for 12 years. I'm unclean. I'm not supposed to be in church. I'm not supposed to be around a crowd. I'm not supposed to be touching anybody. Lord, I touched you. Lord, I, I touched you. I'm coming clean. And, and, and she, she just came clean to him and said, and she was trembling in fear because she was battling all these obstacles and all these problems coming against her mentally, spiritually, emotionally. But notice how he responds to her. In verse 34, he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. When he said daughter, that means something, right? And so I think this lady received four different kinds of healing that day. 
And the first healing she received was obviously the physical healing. And verse 29 says, immediately the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Isn't that powerful, things? She could tell in her body. So first it was the physical healing. But then I believe she received an emotional healing. Because remember, her suffering, he said, is over. No longer is she going to be unclean. No longer is she going to have to deal with the thoughts and the feelings of rejection and unworthiness. The Lord healed that too while he was at it. Amen? And then the third miracle I believe she received, she received a relational healing. Because you remember, she, she was like a leper. She was like an ostracized. She was an outcast. But all of a sudden, with her miracle, with her healing, she was no longer a leper. She was no longer ostracized. She couldn't be with her family. She couldn't hang around her family. She couldn't hang around her church family. She couldn't go shopping. She couldn't go down to the marketplace. But now that she's healed, now imagine that 12 years without human touch. Now she can get hugged. Now she can get love. Now she can be with her family. I believe she received a relational healing that day. Amen. And then finally, perhaps the most important healing is she received a spiritual healing that day. When Jesus said, daughter, your faith has made you well. This lady, I don't believe she came into the synagogue a Christian. Because the Bible tells us she just heard about Jesus. She just heard about him. But she walked into that place, determined to touch the robe of Jesus. When she touched him, Jesus said, something came out of me. The power of God came out of Jesus. And he was looking around, and he recognized who it was that touched him. And a miracle took place that day. And spiritually, she was healed. Now, what does the Bible say? The Bible says that that sin cuts us off from God. Sometimes our problems are our problems. We, we're the reason because of our wrong choices, our, our wrong decisions, our sinful choices. And the reason why we need a miracle is we made a mistake and we, we did wrong. But listen, as I mentioned earlier, it doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done. Just like the lady got healed Physically and spiritually, the Lord wants you to be healed physically, emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. Amen. In fact, if you get the relational, uh, I mean, if you get the spiritual healing right, the rest of them come with it. Amen. And listen, there's nothing better than for you to know that your sins are forgiven and you don't have to sit in the back like an outcast, like a leper, but you can come boldly to the presence of God where you can receive grace and mercy and help in time of need. Amen. So what kind of miracle you need today? Jesus is ready to give you a miracle. Amen? Would you do me a favor and just stand with me this morning? I want you to just bow your head with me for just a moment. As we just take a moment. Please, no shuffling around, shifting around. Let's just take a moment. I want to ask you this morning. How many of you need a physical healing this morning? Let me see your hands. Let's just take a moment right now.
I want you to just lift the other hand now. If you don't have your hands raised, I want you to just pray with me right now for all these that have their hands raised. Do you believe that Jesus can heal cancer? Do you believe that Jesus can open blind eyes? Do you believe that Jesus can heal incurable disease? Let's ask the Lord to do it right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for their healing power. Lord, I ask you to break sickness, break disease, break infirmity. Lord, I ask you to break its power right now. Or for every person that has their hands raised. Lord, you're the God of restoration. You're the God of healing. You're the God of the miraculous. Lord, you said that you were anointed to heal. To heal the brokenhearted. To heal the diseased. To heal the infirm. Lord, I pray right now, Father, that you release your healing power. I want you to just begin right there where you are. Just begin to thank Him. Say, thank you, Lord. Come on, just begin to thank Him. Thank you, Lord. Come on, just begin to thank you, Lord. I want you to just, just get a visual of Jesus on the cross and Him taking your ailment, Him taking your infirmity. Come on, just right now in the name of Jesus. He took our sorrow. He took our sickness. And by His stripes... You are healed. Come on, declare it. By His stripes, you are healed. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power that is being released right now. How many of you feel like you need an emotional healing? You need an emotional healing. You, you just, you're, you're, you, come on, you're not well emotionally. And you need just a, you just need a little bit more of joy. You need a little bit more of, of, of joy and peace in your life. Come on, you just need a little bit more of encouragement in your life. Come on, just raise your hands right now. Come on, He heals the brokenhearted. Father, I pray right now. Come on, just lift your hands and believe with me. Come on, I'm joining my faith with yours right now. In the name of Jesus, I declare that healing is being released. Emotional healing is being released right now. Sorrow is being removed. Lord, thank you. Morning is for the night. But joy comes in the morning. Thank you, Lord, that joy comes in the morning. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you, Lord, you're breaking the spirit of heaviness off of the people of God right now. Thank you, Lord, that you're just causing there to be a miracle. And that, Lord, sorrow and anger and bitterness is being melted away right now. I speak it by faith. I believe it by faith in this house right now. The demons are fleeing and the and the angels of God are being released over this house right now. Escorting the blessings of the Lord, the favor of God in Jesus' name. Now come on, how many of you need relational healing? Let me see your, come on, just lift your hands. Lift, come on. If you need a relational healing or you know you have a family member that there's relational healing. That should be just about every one of us right now. Oh, come on, lift your hands with me and let's believe for relational healing. Come on, relational healing. Come on, I believe God can change it. God can change it right now. God can change it. In the name of Jesus, I thank you and I praise you that the spirit of conflict is broken right now. Thank you, Father God, that Lord, you're releasing the grace to forgive, to release. Lord, thank you, 
Father, that, Lord, you're changing the hearts of, Lord, of people right now, that something supernatural is happening on the inside of them. You've taken the heart of stone and you've given them a heart of flesh. Thank you, Lord. There is miracles taking place relationally right now. In the name of Jesus, I thank you and I praise you that your miracle is being released. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Come on, just receive it right now. Come on, receive the healing power of God. Thank you, Father. Now just put your hands down. Of course, the last and the most important is spiritual healing. The greatest healing you can have is being healed spiritually. Many of the problems we have is because of our past sins, mistakes, and failures. But the good news is that if we're willing to admit that we need spiritual healing, Jesus will give it to us. David said in Psalm 51, 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. When you're proud, God can't use you. But when you're humble, God will come to your aid every time. So if you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ, you've been in church maybe several times, but you've never really surrendered your life to Christ. And you're ready to become a Christian today. I want you to just lift your hands right now. Just lift them. Thank you. Just lift them. If you say, Todd, I want to be a Christian today, just lift your hand. Just say, Todd, that's me. That's me. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. Let's pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, thank you for the work of the cross. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for shedding your blood so that my sins could be forgiven and so that I could be healed spiritually. Lord Jesus, I repent. I ask you to forgive me. I surrender to you. Thank you, Lord for coming into my heart and coming into my life and being the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me a fresh start, a new beginning today. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen and amen. Praise. Come on, let's give him a good praise offering. Come on, let's give him a good praise. Come on, let's believe for miracles. Let's believe for miracles. Praise you, Father. Now, the Bible says that he will do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything that we could ask or think. You know, the one challenge of somebody that's been in church a long time, you quit believing God for something new. And you're just like, man, it's good. You know, everything's good. But come on, can we just raise our expectation, raise our faith? And come on, how many of you, how many of you feel blessed right now? How many of you like that to double? Let me see your hand. How many of you like that double blessing? Amen. How many of you like a double blessing being released? Come on, I'm believing. Double, triple, quadruple. Come on. I'm believing the multiplied blessing of the Lord. How many of you like to get blessed financially? Amen. How many of you like to be blessed relationally? Come on, how many of you like blessed spiritually? Come on, how many like more? Come on, let's believe for more. Exceedingly, abundantly, beyond anything that we could ask or think. Lord, I pray that you would release the more over this house. And I pray that God, things. 
things would happen in the spirit and manifest in the natural and that Lord whenever it happens they'll remember this moment and they'll say that's the double blessing that's the greater favor that's the greater blessing from the Lord right there Father we thank you praise you for the good hand of God over the people of God in Jesus name I pray amen and amen If you need prayer for anything, we'll be up here. God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a great day.